When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to episode number 145. We have a very special guest with us today, Robbie. Hey. Welcome to the Ooh. podcast. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you inviting me out. It's yeah. my first uh, in person. We don't often have guests, so this is a very special occasion. So yeah, you told me I, where I want to start is, uh, well, give us the broad overview of your life and then we'll go back into the specifics, which you sort of just ran me through back yeah, there. Yeah, the quick overview started career in finance, really wanted to make money, be successful. That was like my main drive mm -hmm. it's like, you know, I want to feel good. I want people to love me. I want to have nice things. And so obviously like finance is a career where I thought like, I'm going to make money fast. Mm -hmm. Hated that career, did that for about three or four years, ended up quitting. And then I went into entrepreneurship and thought like, similar to you guys, I'm going to make a business. I'm going to get rich doing that. Mm -hmm. Ended up building this uh, telecom company, hundred employees, venture funded, parents invested, felt like I was on top of the world and business ended up failing. Nice. Yeah, really like, <laughs> enormous failure, yeah. you know, lost $25 million, had to fire everyone, personally went bankrupt, had to like move out of my apartment, sell my car. Crazy. I was 28, living back in my parents' basement. All my friends are becoming successful at this point, felt like a total failure. And during that time, um, I really liked stimulation. I have ADHD and so like love extreme sports. And I got really into uh, drugs as a way to cope with like the stress. And so I would go out on a Friday night and would like, you know, alcohol, cocaine and would disappear and kind of had, had this rock bottom moment where I was like sitting in my parents' basement, just like nothing is working for me. Um, you know, found out my girlfriend had cheated on me at the time and just, it was like really hard. And so got into Tim Ferriss and just kind of <laughs> thought like, like, like you no, do. serious, right? Like I started listening to his drug podcast and was like, okay, if I can master my morning, I can master my day and started, sure. you know, five minute gratitude journal and like headspace meditation. And in doing that, I realized like I need to change my surroundings. And so I ended up moving to Israel for a year. I'm not Jewish. I don't speak Hebrew. I just went there for an opportunity and tried to change my life. And there I learned about Vipassana meditation, 10 day meditation retreat, 10 hours per day, complete silence, really intensive thing. And over Christmas, I didn't have the money to fly home. So I was just like, you know what? I'm going to try this this thing. And in that meditation, it was the first time I became really aware of my emotions. And so you think of calmer headspace, this is two years of mm -hmm. calm in one sitting. And for meditation, most of my friends, it's like, oh, nothing's happening. I'm sitting like, what am I supposed to be doing? And so for the first time after three days of sitting, these patterns come up, these emotions, right? Like, I'm not good enough. Why do I need these things to feel validation? And so all these unconscious habits that were driving me into things that didn't make me happy, I started to become aware of. At that retreat, I then learned about psychedelic medicines, which we can get into. I tried ayahuasca in Peru, which we can get into also, and became sober. And I've been sober from uh, drugs and alcohol ever since. Wow. So six, six years now. Nice. Uh, after that, things just really turned around. Like, I, I'm not a big, like, universe person, but we'll say it was kind of magic. So... I got invited out to Silicon Valley from a friend. Ethereum was at six bucks. He's like, hey, you should come out and check out this crypto stuff. Joined the Ethereum Foundation, ended up meeting my wife. And my whole life 
changed. So all of a sudden, all this like financial insecurity, like I used to have dreams about investment banking where people were yelling at me and I like wasn't doing it right. Yeah, yeah. And I just felt like good mm-hmm. about myself and confident for the first time. I was like around all these heroes I had in tech and I felt like, wow, maybe I'm actually smart. You know, maybe I'm a good person. And my relationship with my wife grew. And then I started to get into like, okay, I really want to teach people about psychedelic medicines and meditation because they helped me so much. So we mm-hmm. have like meditation for our staff. I would tell all these friends about retreats. While you're working at Ethereum, you're leading meditation for the yeah. Ethereum team. Yeah, exactly. And like teams that I worked with and, you know, friends at home. And I would write these like huge long journal posts that probably nobody read. <laughs> like, hey, you got to try this thing. It yeah, really yeah. makes change. And I just found meditation very difficult to get into. And so it's just not the best starting point. Mm-hmm. And most of my friends who tried it, like if people are listening, it's probably like, oh yeah, I had it, I tried it, I quit, mm-hmm. I feel guilty about it. And then psychedelic medicines, what I realized, they're not the best starting point either. There's a lot of friction, they're illegal, it's expensive, it's like, is it safe? And then people who went on retreat, and, and so a lot of my friends who were still doing drugs are saying like, hey, this worked for you, like, what did you do? And I'm like, I went on this retreat. And so they went and then came home and had these breakthroughs right? Like, oh, I'm totally changed. I'm a new person. And then three weeks later when they're home, mm-hmm. same job, same yeah, family, yeah. same friends. And it kind of that magic fades. Dude, my, my, someone I know runs an Ibogaine clinic for heroin addicts and Navy SEALs and stuff like that. And he says, he'll get you totally clean physical dependence. But if you go back to the same neighborhood, same friend group, he goes, you're just going to do heroin again for the same reason you did it the first time. So he clears these guys up. It's very expensive and it's very painful. Ibogaine's not easy. And he goes, we got to get you to move now. Like that's the number one thing you have to do when you get home is just move neighborhoods and find new friends. Yeah. It's the only way to stay clean. I think there's a documentary called The Jungle Prescription by Gabor Mate and he takes homeless people from Vancouver and takes them through Ibogaine and the relapse rate is like 95%. Wow. So it's, I just kind of saw that and I got a bit depressed because this stuff worked so well for me, but I couldn't like figure out how to get Mm -hmm. others into it. And then at the same time, I was always going to bathhouses. Love bathhouse like sauna mm-hmm. ice bath i was at ethereum living in berlin and san francisco every conference we'd get a group of like 30 in whatsapp and we would go it was actually my first date with my wife she was she's really healthy she's into like Rhonda patrick and ben greenfield and she's like yo i heard about these like ice baths yeah this is like i don't know why i thought you were just gonna say she's really hot <laughs> like, she's just really <laughs> healthy no no like, she's she's beautiful she's nice she's flex amazing. good flex robbie she's, she's, She'd like literally save my life. Like I love her so much. She's actually pregnant now. I was oh, telling congrats. you that. So excited. Um, yeah, I have a lot of stories about that too. But she, um, so she was the one who got me into all this stuff. She's like, let's go do this ice bath on like our first date. And so we went to the back of the strip mall, random Russian bathhouse, like on the outskirts of the city. Kind of felt like a massage parlor. We're like, what the fuck is this? And then uh, we go in and like no phone. You do the ice bath, which we'll talk about the benefits later, but you immediately feel alive and that social anxiety is gone. And so for a social experience or date, it was incredible. Really we good, yeah. talked the whole time. And then after that, it just became a ritual that we, we did for years. And finally, when, you know, I was living in Toronto and my shower didn't go cold enough. So we built an ice bath in my backyard and would just, you know, leave it, leave it open for the neighbors. And every night we'd do ice bath campfire and it grew to 300 person community on wow. WhatsApp. Right? And just people I'd come out with coffee and people would be like hanging out, using mm-hmm. the ice bath. And it was awesome. Yeah. And then it got cold out. So, you know, we live in Toronto where it's just brutal. And we bootstrapped our garage into a sauna and an ice bath and a tea room underground. And that grew to 2,000 people and like 20K a month in sales. I started to be like, 
this is insane. Yeah, yeah, and that's then, wild. And at first we thought it was a meditation. First we thought it was a health tool, right? Because that's what everyone's saying, like reduce inflammation, boost the immune system. You hear like Ben Greenfield every day, like athletes, recovery. What we saw is it's actually an intro into meditation. Mm-hmm. And so it's like for the first time I have a lawyer come in, you know, 45 years old, addicted to their phone, doesn't care about anything but like being successful. Mm-hmm. Bam, like what would happen? And so we started mixing other modalities. So sound bowls, subconscious reprogramming, different visualizations. And we saw like real emotion come out. Mm. And so we thought it was a meditation tool. And then after that, we realized it's actually a social, emotional like class. Yeah, that's the part I thought was cool is that you're, you're making what you called the, the sober Soho house. Yeah, so it, it, it started just, you know, we'd have eight friends and be like, hey, what are you guys struggling with? People would be like, anger. I'm like, okay, well, let's do some anger programming tonight. So eight people would come over. We'd have everyone think about a moment they were most angry. We'd go into the sauna, turn off the lights in the darkness and like play a giant drum and everyone would scream. Mm. And then again, you know, you'd have people share like, what was the moment you were angry? And that kind of stuff is so rare in our society. You Mm. don't usually go out, you have your phone there, you're talking like, what sports, what's my job? Nobody's like, hey, when's the last time you were angry and why? And then you hear seven other people share and you realize we all have like emotions that are universal. Mm -hmm. So that's when we started to feel like, whoa, this is something like really powerful. And we saw, you know, people start dating all of a sudden once on a session and two guys are going to Whistler together on a ski trip. And it's just like, this is really cool. Um, so yeah, I'll stop there for a minute. We can see, we can dive into it. There's a thing. lot. Well, so one thing, this is not so much for me, but I think people who are listening, watching, you mentioned that you're sober now, but also you mentioned that you have these medicines. So the dis- I'd like you to talk about how you distinguish sobriety from like psychedelic medicine and so this is a big one because a lot of people who are in AA, which I also mm-hmm. tried and it, great program, but didn't really work for me. And those programs were tough because I always felt like I'm sick. And mm-hmm. so I'd go to meetings in like the basement of a church or, you know, if you go to a clinic, it's because you're depressed, right? So it's like when you talk about mental health, there's like a stigma. So it just mm-hmm. didn't feel inspiring. So a lot of people in AA now are like, hey, I've heard about Tim Ferriss doing psychedelics. Mm-hmm. Like I want to try it, but then am I going to break my sobriety? Yeah. And people are asking me about that. And so I don't have an opinion on that because for everybody it's different. But for me specifically, I look at like substances in, in a triangle. So there's like chase, which is like cocaine, you know, that feeling, c- coffee, cigarettes of like, I want more, right? Mm-hmm. There's um, explore and there's escape. And so mm-hmm. escape might be alcohol, come home from work. I'm stressed. I have a bottle of wine to just kind of zone out. And then there's explore. And to me, psychedelics fall into that explore bucket. So psilocybin, LSD, uh, DMT, you know, ayahuasca. These aren't things that you take and then feel like, and you know when you, you've tried them. Yeah. You're not like, hey, I'm going to do this again. Like, just <laughs> well, keep doing it, right? I think setting is big there. Because I know a lot of people will take psilocybin, MDMA, LSD, and then go to a music festival. And it's very much escape or just excitement. And so I think that's the other thing that's confusing to people because I've done MDMA at a rave and I've done MDMA with an eye mask and a therapist. And the experience of the substance is wildly different based on your setting and your intention and things like that. Because I think for some people, they do MDMA at a party and they go, why would I ever do this on a therapy? All it's going to make me do is want to dance and touch people. Mm-hmm. You know yeah, what I mean? And, so and I think and it's, and I, I think the, even amongst the triangle, well, no, his triangle kind of accounts for that and that it's it's your relationship with the substance. That's so what I'm saying. Well, just yeah. for people who are listening who are like, well, wait, I've seen someone drop LSD at a concert. Why would yeah, LSD yeah. be explore? It's not explore internally as far as my re- experience with it. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's 
that's an important distinction. Because for me, when I heard of ayahuasca, I go, oh, that's therapy. Straight up, you would never take ayahuasca and go to a party. But when I heard about MDMA therapy, for I specifically the first time I heard about it was couples therapy. And I was like, well, I've seen couples go to raves. You just, yeah, of course you're in love. You know what I mean? Like there's no work being done. You're just like, yeah. oh my God, I love you. You're so beautiful. You're so beautiful. But it's very different in the setting of a quiet space prepped and pre-framed for, I think, internal... Uh, I don't know, therapeutic work, yeah. basically. Absolutely, and so that's really the explorers, right? Yeah. And so prep and integration, and we can we can talk about that. And then the other aspect is just like the danger. And so for psilocybin, LSD, mm. ayahuasca, the danger, addictive, it's basically zero. Like you can take psilocybin microdose every day, it's completely safe. Um, for MDMA and ketamine, they do have risk of addiction and mm. they are like, MDMA is actually hard on your body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you're taking it and you're taking it frequently, there are risks. Yeah. So I would just put it in that triangle and then also look at the risk of the medicine. Sure. But so for me as like somebody who's an addict, I know, you know, like if I'm watching Netflix, I can binge 12 hours. No problem. <laughs> like same, if I'm like ordering Uber Eats, I'm yeah. going to like crush the Uber Eats order and I can like, I, I know what it feels like to be addicted and like mm-hmm. really feel finally that like chase. Mm-hmm. And I've never had an issue with psychedelic medicines in, in that way. Cool. When yeah. To explore. No, I want, I, I wanted to get that out in front. So I have a ton of questions. I'm going to skip around to my interest because it's my podcast. (laughs) So you mentioned uh, that when you're in these saunas, you uh, will do like an anger release. I'm I'm hearing a lot of different modalities in here. You got the cold plunge, you got the sauna, you got the psychedelic edition. What therapeutic philosophy underpins that? Because I know that that was like not always how people did anger. You can do talk therapy with anger. You can do family systems therapy. You can do that sort of expression anger. You just bury it deep, deep down until <laughs> the day you die. <laughs> you, can, you can pretend it's not there. So yeah, what, what's, what informs your uh, therapeutic, integrative, like how you structure your classes? Yeah, so everything is around peak experiences mm-hmm. that inspire state change. Mm-hmm. So we have a couple of things, a couple of key pieces. So one is just this idea that you can change your nervous system state on command. Mm-hmm. You can do that through hot, you can do it through cold, you can do it through breath. Mm-hmm. Like in under 10 minutes right now, we could breathe and we could turn on the fight or flight system. And like what that does is going to like give you energy. It's going to replace your morning coffee. You could also use a form of box breathing or four, seven, eight breathing, slow breathing and move into the parasympathetic part of the nervous system. That's a rest and digest. So everything that we're doing, it's really teaching you how to change your nervous system state at will, whether you need to go up, down, or again, like a triangle, explore. Mm-hmm. And so when you're pushing these elements, the cold, you're starting to shut down that thinking mind. And so what we're trying to teach people in a way that's like fun and community driven is that all these thoughts you have, like your inner critic, that I'm not good enough, that what does this person think about me? You can stop that and you can do it by getting into your body. So all the modalities that we pull from, we use them to stop the thinking mind and then get you to explore and process emotions. So it's really called emotional regulation. So if I said to you now, hey, let's do an anger exercise where you're gonna bring up something that really bothered you in the last week. Maybe it was a road rage traveling, maybe your partner said something, maybe it was your dog, maybe it was like a work thing where you were frustrated. That's not a very fun exercise. Mm-hmm to do you're gonna be like fuck that like okay what's this guy talking about but if we did that exercise in a group of 50 in a massive sauna with a crazy sound system where it's like engaging all your senses and the heat is starting to weaken yeah Mm -hmm. that thinking mind it's all of a sudden you can like really go into those emotions feel them and process them whether it's with like a scream some movement something like that so i think the key is like emotional regulation is the most important but then it's putting people in the mind state 
where they can actually do that in a way mm -hmm. that's fun. Yeah. And so you mentioned, I just want to, cause this is something that I'm still uh, learning in my own life. The belief is, it sounds like that emotions get go unprocessed, meaning like something happens, you push it aside, tell yourself it doesn't matter. Don't allow yourself space to scream, express whatever. And so you're kind of, uh, going back and doing what would might have been better done earlier in these sorts of things where you're allowing people the space to scream or get angry or something like that. Is that, is that the healing part of it? Exactly. That's a huge part. I mean, one uh -huh. part is just the benefits on the, the body, which you're mm -hmm. getting anyway. So a lot of people are coming for that expecting like, Oh, I'm going to a Soho house to hang out with friends. And then they're like hit with a gratitude experience. <laughs> Holy shit. But yeah, it's the idea that, what, what, what are stored emotions, right? There's this idea of trauma. And so when we experience, you know, frustration, fear, failure, rejection, especially when we're a kid, a lot of times it's too much for the mind mm -hmm. to process. So your parents don't come home, you know, and then you think, oh, I'm unlovable. They don't love me. And that emotion is so difficult. It gets stored in the body. There's a lot of research around this called like somatic completion theory. The idea that you have these emotions stored in the body and you can process them. Now in our life, like think about the average day people listen to your show. They're probably like a lot of type A entrepreneurs. What am I going to do? It's like I get up, have coffee, start working. I have my 1500 tasks. Mm -hmm. There's no time in that day for emotion. It's just like, boom, I'm on. I'm in fight or flight. I'm like ready to go. And so I think what's really important now, especially for people with cell phones, you wake up, you check your phone, you see your emails, your Discord notifications, your Slack. It's just never ending. And so the idea is can you allow people space where they can move back into that parasympathetic, which I mentioned before. And that's the part of the nervous system state responsible for like, you know, you're laughing, you're having sex, you're connecting, you're hugging, you're having dinner with friends. Like it's that part of our nervous system where we find meaning. Mm -hmm. but we're so jacked up in fight or flight because of cell phones for the most part. And so it's really just teaching people to like move over here, feel into their emotions, process them. And then we get people like to leave like, wow, I feel a hundred pounds lighter. Mm -hmm. You know, there was this thing that was like really hard that I'm letting go of. And there's a lot of parallels for this in the animal world. So if you see a gazelle attacked by a lion, fight or flight is triggered, they'll then escape and they'll just sit on the ground and shake. And so they're releasing the energy that's like Got it. in Bretham. So it sounds like waking the tiger, uh, whatever the body keeps the core type stuff is, is informing exactly. it. Okay. Exactly. No, yeah, and, and Gabor Mate you obviously mm -hmm. mentioned as well. I think um, it's interesting that you said, especially with cell phones. So, so in your opinion, you think the cell phone is causing that like as much or more than the childhood trauma or whatever it may be. It's hard to like rank like childhood yeah. trauma can be massive. That's going to inform your entire personality, right? Your entire belief system, most likely your behaviors. So there's a huge component there. But the other thing is just your, your nervous system state. And if you think of, you know, we obviously love ancient practices. So breath, hot, cold. Mm -hmm. But if you think of 200 years ago, most of your life would be lived in boredom. You're kind of just there. You're mm -hmm. existing in the world. Now, when's the last time you were bored? If we were sitting here, I bet we'd all have checked our phones five times. You know, so it's just consistent stimulation. And then if you're using something like Instagram or TikTok all day, it's just like dopamine hit, dopamine hit, dopamine hit. So we're just so stimulated. Yeah. So um, one of the things that, uh, that you mentioned, uh, for instance, like I got a lot out of Tony Robbins early in my life. Um, and then I found out later in my life that like something like one or 2% of the people that go to these events have any sort of lasting impact. And the ones that do, like all of my friends think he's amazing, but there's that uh, elephant in the room of the 99%. It sounds like what you're trying to do is fix the problem that I've seen in every personal development program 
forever, which is you get these peak experiences, you get clarity on what you should do, ought to do, and then it doesn't go through. I'm curious if you guys have been able to track or see like what sort of programs lead to the most long-lasting, sustainable types of change, if, if, there's, if you have any uh, information on that. So I don't have like hard yeah. data and it's just too early. We've got about sure. 6,000 customers coming to the space. So it's still, still like early days. We've been open for about three months, but I do have in my network like 10 plus addicts yeah. that are now sober. And so I've seen two real big problems that we're kind of trying to solve. And the first is prep. So average person struggling with the cell phone, maybe doesn't like their job too much, consistently overwhelmed. Everyone you talk to, it's like, yeah, I'm so busy. I'm so busy. You know, mm-hmm. like life is, is hard. And that person isn't necessarily like, oh, I need to take psychedelic medicines. They're just like, I know I don't feel right, but I don't know why, because their living conditions are not the way we were meant to live, right? Mm-hmm. So life is like baseline difficult, like same temperature all day, sitting around, sedentary, not enough movement, probably poor food, no mental health component, overstimulated. So mm-hmm. that person, like they don't even know they need something, right? Unless they have like a real huge trauma so like loss of a job death in the family and then they maybe go seek addiction then they go seek therapy so this issue of how do you get these people who don't know they need something ready Mm -hmm. and meditation psychedelics just aren't the first step and so what we found for those people is like friday night birthday you guys are hosting a party oh yeah i want to go to this sauna and cool space with all my friends and they come in and they do the ice bath and they're like whoa that was crazy then the next thing they do the breath work and are like oh man, this is, this is really interesting. There's like something here I should dig into. So that's really interesting. And then the second, and, and how we do that is with like a cool space. Like it feels beautiful. It's inspiring. It's not a clinic. You feel like, fuck yeah, I want to be in this space. Like mm-hmm. It makes me feel good, you know? And then also the experiences are fun. They're community driven. And then you can feel them in a single session. So unlike meditation, you get in the ice bath, like you feel it. You're, yeah, there, it's undeniable. you're in it, right? Yeah. And then the second piece, which you mentioned is integration. And so I've done a lot of this work too, you know, landmark, um, Hoffman, like dark retreats, all these peak experiences. I like crave that stuff because I'm have like the addict mentality. <laughs> yeah, I'm fucking going full on yeah, in yeah, the yeah. cave. I'm gonna not speak or move for 12 <laughs> days. But then you come back and it's like, okay, how do we make the change? And the change happened for me randomly. It happened because I met my wife, who's super healthy influence, and I was at rock bottom. So I like committed that I, I wanted to change. And then I had a nighttime outlet. And so what was so good about the sauna and ice bath was, you know, people come back, they start drinking and they go to a bar. So it was really having a community of people who are interested in psychedelics, meditation, personal growth, Mm. all these things together. And we've seen when you have, like you mentioned it this morning, it was just having fun, right? And so it can't just be all work, Mm -hmm. which you might go to Tony Robbins and you come back and you're in it for a bit. And then you're like, hey, this is just work. It's like, Mm -hmm. how do you combine mental health and the work with something that's also fun. And I think that's really the hack that we're seeing. So the people that come and they use the app daily and they come to the space two or three the times. The app is a breathwork, guided breathwork app. Yeah, and so it's again like this idea you can change your state. and under You can shout it out if you like. It's called? Othership. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, there's two-week free trial. And so it's, you know, 500 plus classes um, to either boost your state. So like give you that energy in the morning to push the brake on the nervous system or to explore deep emotion. So if you're doing these breathing patterns for 30 minutes, you're actually shutting down blood flow to the prefrontal cortex, the part of the brain that's like having all these negative thoughts and your body will naturally start to process emotions. So if you're going through a breakup or you have some kind of COVID fatigue or strain, stuff like that, it's really great when you're like struggling with emotions and you want to process. So what we found is building a system 
where there's some daily work where you can just get 10 minutes of space. Like maybe you like to use the breathwork app when you're walking to your coffee. Maybe you listen to it while you're cooking. It's super easy, really nice music. Really? Yeah. Just background, like perfect breathing. So like you're working, you know, you put on an hour set. And you that get you into like. a habit of having better breath. Interesting. Exactly. Interesting, because I used other ship and it, I did holotropic, borderline psychedelic breath work. So I can't <laughs> imagine doing that while, while like I'm walking. <laughs> That's not like, <laughs> mid-trip, <laughs> hyperventilated. That's not the style of breathing. So yeah. it's more just, you, you can choose that if you want to explore and you need to like process emotion, which we'll recommend once a week. You can choose like a daily up, which is that for like six minutes. You can choose a daily down. So after work, like five minutes where you want to move from work to parasympathetic cool. rest and digest. And so we found that people do that couple times a week they come to the space twice a week and they have the community to be accountable to it's leading to real behavioral change mm-hmm. and so we call it the house of transformation and like transformation is a big word but all it means is lasting behavioral change mm-hmm. um, so that's kind of our, our goal is really that you can with no experience into any of this stuff do this in a fun way and like make change so i think for a lot of people they would probably want to go to something like this but you guys don't exist globally yet so if someone's listening to this and they go, I think this is interesting. I like the idea of sauna and breath work and self-improvement and ice bath. What would you recommend to someone who's interested, but solo? They don't have the community. They have, maybe they live near a lake or they can fill a bath with ice from their freezer. They can get sauna at their gym and they can get other ship on the phone. Like what is a prescription or something for someone who, who's interested in doing this either to be healthier or maybe to try to dip their toe into this borderline psychedelic transformational mental health stuff. Yeah. So before you get into the psychedelics, I think just the hot and cold and community is the most important piece. Cause even if you go with the psychedelics, as we said, when you come back, if you're on your own, it's going to be really hard. Oh, to I make consider, change. I consider the breath work to be borderline psychedelic. That's what I mean. Like, yeah. I think the, the breath work is dipping the toe into that Got kind it. of experience. Got it. Okay. So a prescription would be you know, in Toronto right now, there's been four separate WhatsApp groups of multi-hundred people that meet in the winter and plunge every morning. Community around it, completely free. You go out and meet with this group, you hang out, they become friends. And so the first thing is like, how do we start? An ice bath in a backyard and mm-hmm. a fire pit. We built the ice bath by hand. You could even use, as we were talking about, a chest freezer, 200 bucks. You can bootstrap it and it's, find four of your friends and just say, hey, we're going to do ice bath nights mm-hmm. or days. Yeah. And I can guarantee in any city in the U.S. this will grow because you can feel it instantly. And like we haven't done any marketing, like mm. even just the first one, it grew to 300 people. And so I think if you're listening, instead of like trying to, you know, build your perfect morning routine and do your own ice bath and sauna on your own, it's try to find a group of people and, and have them come to your house, you know, get a tr- like a trough, mm. fill it with ice and water, have a little fire beside it and, and do the experience there. And so that's the easiest way. And what is a chest freezer? That's literally like a meat freezer. Yeah. Like a refrigerator yeah. on the ground. Yeah, refrigerator <laughs> do you, do the you, ground. How do you, do you caulk it or anything? You literally just, it comes, you fill it with water, you fill it with ice and you hop in. You don't even need to fill it with ice cause it just freezes the water. And so you, I, I mean this, Again, I'm like recommending this, whether it's safe or not. <laughs> I've never heard of anything happening, but people will recommend not doing that. Um, from an electrical standpoint, but I, I have like 10 friends who do it. And if you search online, like literally DIY on YouTube, DIY ice bath, you'll figure there's it out. just like yeah. 50 tutorials of like how to do this. Interesting. Let me ask about, uh, you mentioned community. I see the hole there in most people's lives. And I also see that there's been, I think a good hearted attempt to provide community in a way that doesn't work. And what I mean is like, 
for I, I know people who like go to these um you know, three months, we're going to get on Zoom once a month and then meet and do mushrooms together and we're sisters for life. And there's, you know, or we're going to go to Landmark, we're going to have a weekend together and we're brothers forever. And that is, uh, I've seen people who don't know what a lifelong or decade-long friend looks like be deceived by what our good intention promises of, we'll never be apart, you know, we'll always be together. So I'm curious it sounds like what you're doing allows for more organic community growth that isn't forced into a 48-hour span of just like crazy peak experience. But uh, yeah, I'm curious how the community has developed and if you've if you've thought of that at all. Because that's that's been, I think, a huge hole that I've seen and I haven't seen an effective solution to provide it for people. I think the best communities form around like a task or a game mm-hmm. or something fun. And so you see it around, you know, people play on a volleyball team together and yeah. they become friends and it's an, around an activity that they like naturally want to do. And so something like a landmark, this 48 hour thing, like you do it once. Mm-hmm. You're not like, let's go back and do it again. Well, landmark tries yeah. to get you. <laughs> yeah. like, right. They're right. all about that. <laughs> yeah. And so that's the whole other story. <laughs> But um, maybe bring all your friends and family. But you guys were mentioning D and D. I bet you the community, like if you played D and D weekly because you're interested in the mm-hmm. game, the friendships will naturally develop. So I think the main key to building community is having some type of experience that people want to do. And that's why you see it like sports, right? Yeah. Massive community around sports. People watch the games together. They watch them every season. They go, they play together. So it's having like a baseline component where there's no pressure. And that's like the really awesome thing about othership is, yeah, I want to go and do a hot and cold anyways. You know, it's just there. And whether it's a class or I'm just going at night for a social to hang out, it's fantastic for my body. I'm not drinking alcohol. I'm not on my phone. And then we just let the connections happen organically because it's an amazing container for that. And there's no, hey, you have to use the app or you have to do the emotional regulation. It's just very much also a new generation of this stuff for me is like there's no prescription. You know, it's kind of, hey, this stuff worked for me. I like it. Some people might want to come and use the ice bath and sauna solo in the quiet. Some want to come and party. Some want to go and do the deep like shares. And so you just kind of say, Hey, here's all the different tools and Mm -hmm. tactics. Just use whichever ones you want in the way you want. And that's kind of allowed it to really grow organically. We did this thing. We had a free party on Saturday night. So we're trying to show people that 11 PM to 2 AM, this is a whole new way to socialize. So we had a free party, hundred people come and we wanted to give some love to our staff. So we got these robes for them. And we introduced them in front of like the entire hundred people and then had them do an ice bath together, eight people, all hundred people are cheering and we're having them visualize, like, remember, you know, the smiles of the customers that you put on their face and everyone's just cheering for them. And then they get out and we robe them in the robes to dry them off in the bit of a ceremony. It was so fucking like cool and organic and just people like, wow, I've never had people clap for me. Like a hundred people. This is like, <laughs> I feel like I'm playing some kind of sport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it's just like funky, organic ideas and not forcing it just yeah, letting yeah. it kind of happen i like that because I mean, we've i've asked myself the, the thing that we have been unable to effectively do is to form a charisma on command community because like charisma confidence people want that as a not necessarily even primary pursuit they want the friends or the girlfriend or the boyfriend or the whatever comes after that and i've asked myself often you know as a business how can i provide that for people and we have been unable to because i think what is missing is the organic campfire style thing that people gather around and then make their own friends. We thought about maybe we'll pair people up. And I was like, yeah, but you don't make a friend by being like forced into like, this now, is your friend Unless now. it's your college roommate. In which case, maybe. Unless it's your college Not roommate. my college roommate. You know what I mean? Like, 
Uh, yeah, that's a rare, it's a rare thing that happens. So it, it, yeah, I think the in-person, well, not even the in-person, just the uh, opt-in as much as you like nature of the community seems very important with lots of different opportunities for people to choose their level of engagement. I like that. And then, and then like a purpose, right? <laughs> so if you, it's hard, like I've seen a lot of these groups where people meet and they share and I've done a bunch of like men's circles and emotional work and it's always before I'm like, ah, you know, it's on Zoom. I don't want to do this thing. I'm going to have to share. And then after I share, I feel good. But mm-hmm. there's like such friction, a yeah. barrier. Sure, sure. Whereas if I was to get on and say, hey, we're going to play this awesome game with all of our friends. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Like the game's going to be fun. And then the friendship develops. So it's just having that unit of thing that's exciting to get people around and then facilitating the conversations around that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's effectively what, what subreddits are and Twitch streams are. It's like, I'm here to watch my favorite streamer. And then you see that people make friends in the Twitch stream. So it, I get it. It makes sense. I like that. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. I wanted to go back a little bit and ask, what, there's a period in your story where like, and then I got a job at Ethereum, and then this awesome woman liked me. And so I'm curious, like, what what did you do at Ethereum, and, and what did they Ethereum and your wife seeing you because the way that the story sounded, it's, it was like you were lost at that period of time. So I think before everything was around like money, mm-hmm. you know, and like I had this deep fear of being financially like having money. And so it was exacerbated by like losing my job in finance and then starting this company and like kind of going broke. And I was just always had this, like, I can't afford something and I'm, I'm scared. And so it was very much, like driven towards like, how do I, how do I fix that? And after the ayahuasca, that kind of fell away. So a lot of stuff came up for me of like being bullied as a kid and like, you know, my mom yelling at me and like these different experiences when I was young and felt unsafe. And like the first time I ever used drugs, like I remembered smoking the cigarette in like grade seven to be cool in a bathroom, like kids were smoking and I was like, yeah, I'll do it. And that's why I was using drugs and alcohol. I was like, Hey, this is, I felt it was cool. Mm. And so I let go of all that stuff. And after that time, when I came back, you have that window, you know, that like month, two months, three months when you're like, yeah, I just feel great. I feel happy. I'm, I'm going to change. And in that time I was like, okay, I'm going to, instead of going after money, I'm just going to be around really good people. I've seen that work out. I'm going to try to be around people who are like interested, curious, doing mm-hmm. something interesting. And so my friend said, Hey, come out and check out crypto. And so I went and like lived on his couch in San Francisco. And, you know, so I just started going to all these Ethereum meetups and I literally for them, probably talked to a thousand people in their portfolio across the space, learning like what were all these different protocols? How did it work? Setting up events. Did you and know anything? Like what is your background? Were you a programmer? Or you, or you, or like so I'd run a tech company before, oh, God. Okay. So but I, well, I'm not an engineer, yeah. so I don't have a technical background, but I'd been startups for, you know, six years mm-hmm. prior and had done like product management and raised funds and stuff. But I, that's kind of why they brought me in. They were like, Hey, you've ran a business. A lot of these people haven't, they're yeah. just two engineers that have an idea. And like, can you help them think through, what building the product would be like. Yeah. And so I just talked to 
thousands of people and was super friendly and like helping people and networking, connecting them. And then I started doing a whole bunch of stuff like events for Ethereum and interviewing developers, finding out what they needed and then would like relay that to the Ethereum foundation. This is before you were hired. Yeah. Yeah. I just actually worked for free for like nine months. Wow. And so I was just kind of, Hey, this seems really interesting. I should check it out. And then they were like, why is this guy doing all this? Stuff? <laughs> but, but that's well, what if we paid him? <laughs> that's, it's so interesting. If you want the job you want, like I, for me, at least working for free, and just having no expenses and living on a couch was what did it. I got to meet all these great people. I learned a ton about the space. I found where I fit in. And you would yeah. never, if I had applied for any of those jobs, like no chance. Well, mm. what I think is fascinating is that you unsolicited worked for free without their permission. Because I think what a lot of people tell people to do is, oh, if you want to go work for Charisma on Command, email them an offer to work for free which is a completely unsexy offer. Like that means nothing to us. Hey, I have no skills and I want you to train me and I'll do stuff that's not helpful, quote unquote, for free. I'm just like, no, thank you. Good luck on your journey. You <laughs> didn't ask permission and stuck with it and were for helpful many, for many months, months yeah. until they looked over and said, oh, this guy's been producing value. Not offered to produce value, but actually done good work. That's interesting. And I've never heard anyone else do that. Everybody else tends to go the route of send an email, which is not, it's not an impressive dedication to, <laughs> to the cause. Yeah, and the way to do that, it's actually pretty easy. Like if there's a field you're interested in, go to a conference, talk to as many people there and start asking them, what problems do you have? And you know, when I would do these interviews, I would say like, hey, what do you need help with? And someone would say, oh, we're really struggling with security audits. And then it was like, well, I just interviewed five security auditors, so I'll connect them. <clears throat> then it was another person, an investor, like, oh, I'm looking for these type of protocols. And then I would talk to the protocols. And they're like, oh, we're looking for investors. And so- Were you like, of, had, did you have a spreadsheet of these people? Because that's, that's pretty impressive to be connecting strangers via conferences. Yeah, so I did a couple things. So conferences was one where you can like go in and meet 100 people uh -huh. at once, right? So you can go to every single table- and talk to people. And then because my friend had started Polychain, I could use that name. Mm. And so I was like, oh, I'm helping out at Polychain. And that opened a ton of doors. Mm. And then I went to him and said, hey, I'll interview every one of your portfolio companies and just see where they need help. And again, this is like Ethereum is sub $6. Mm -hmm. Crypto is not a huge thing. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's super friendly. How was, many people worked at Ethereum at the time? Not very many. Like the foundation itself, you know, probably 50 to 100. It's, it's it. very, very lean. Most stuff happens outside of the foundation. Um, but if you want something like find where you can add value and just start. And yep. even like for us, for the same thing you said for, for my company, if someone came to me and said like, you know, I've, I've noticed your blog and there's five articles I want to write and like wrote the five articles and sent them and be like, okay, media job. Like that's mm -hmm. amazing. And that's not even that hard to do, you know? So if someone came to me and said like, oh, I want to go and interview 10 of your customers. Here's a bunch of customer interviews I've done before. I read these three books. Mm -hmm. I'll interview your best customers and like, film it and put together stuff, I'd be like, yeah, absolutely. And so usually, especially early stage companies, there's something you can help with mm -hmm. and just being like hyper, hyper aggressive, asking what problems people are having and then solving those problems. Like even to this day, people, one guy I introduced him to, uh, some funding, right? It was maybe like 20 minutes of work. He ended up selling his company to Coinbase and made $300,000 for some advisor shares that he gave me just because like I was a nice guy and made an intro. <laughs> so like this kind of stuff, especially it's also important to choose the space. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, this is crypto was a good, yeah, good call. <laughs> yeah. So pick something you're like interested in. And that, and that was interesting too, is, you know, I went in that space and I did that for four years and 
right at kind of the peak of my career when everything was exploding, I actually left. And I left because in the hot and cold, it's a product I used every day. And in Ethereum, I was building community, um, you know, doing events, like talking to people all the time, building network, helping people. But I wasn't building product. Mm. And so I'm not a coder. And so it didn't feel like I was like really in it in the same way as, you know, I use the sauna every single day. Mm. I do breath work every single day. I love, like I would do this for, I actually did start doing it for fun. It was not business. And so it just felt something in my heart that like this I could do forever because I love it. And so mm. when you're choosing something, Ethereum was to be around good people. And it, it definitely accomplished that, but it wasn't filling my soul in the way like I wanted to create sure. something. And so it led to a cha another change. Sure. Let me know if this question doesn't make sense. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> how, what is, what is your business relationship with like mental activity and like heart or soul? Like how do you make decisions higher and fire? That's something that I, after a, a recent MDMA experience, I'm asking myself and I got, I got the impression I was like, I'm way too heady in business and I would actually make, better business decisions if I, uh, I don't want to say winged it, but it feels to my head like I'm winging it a little bit. And it, it's uh, letting go of that mental control and being like, this feels right. So I'm curious what your relationship is with that intuitive knowing and with the spreadsheet knowing and how you think about that inside of a business. It's a tough balance. And so the, the heart one is, is really interesting because that was harder traditionally for me to yeah. access. I was very like type A investment banker, like What's you that know, like? I thought even until, <laughs> even, even until I was 30, I thought like, oh, I'm an operator. I'm like a numbers person. I'm just like a drone, you know, I'm not a creative person at all. And then it was only when I started doing meditation, psychedelic work. And like, I felt more and more like this inner child and this play come out. And then I started designing ice bath classes. And that was like the funnest thing for me. And I was mm -hmm. designing breathworks and these breathwork giant, like breathwork concerts that were throwing out. And there was so much passion there. Mm -hmm. And then when I'm in the space, like one thing that's really helped me is I'm starting to get overwhelmed with like all the stuff we're doing. And like you said, the head stuff is coming in. So now mm -hmm. it's like raising money, opening new spaces, signing leases, building yeah, a community. Like it's fucking intense. Yeah. We won't, we won't say who, but Robbie and I, we've been talking off air about it's, it's very, we have a mutual friend who got pulled into that. It's very easy when you start a heart centered business to get pulled into the, oh, that's a really prestigious fund that's interested in me. Like, oh, that's, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's that's a huge to, valuation. It's that's, tough yeah, to yeah. stay in your heart, even if you found it from your, your heart. heart. Yeah. And your role changes. Like now I don't get to facilitate that much anymore. Mm -hmm. So like I'm excited because I'm in LA to facilitate. So it's like yeah, wonderful. Yeah. But what I'll do is I'll just go into the space and I'll sit there with people and I'll watch them and I'll see them smiling and I'll hear them be like, wow, this is amazing. I'll read our reviews. I'll do customer interviews with people who've used the app 200 times. Mm -hmm. and I'll just listen to them. And then I'm like, fuck yeah, this is why I'm doing this. Because I'm, you know, being vulnerable. Like, yeah, I have ego too. That's I'm always wanted to be successful. You know, now it's happening, and so part of me is like, yeah, open in like these cities and grow and like, you know, you built this thing as this Canadian kid, open in the U.S. on the big stage and like compete. And so it's very hard to not grasp at that, but mm -hmm. it doesn't feel. It feels like in your head. It doesn't. Mm -hmm. It feels like greedy. And so when I feel that happening too much, it's just like go be with the customers. And then I feel like way better or we'll do something with our team. And so we did something epic, epic, like maybe one of the best experiences of my life last weekend. So wow. we're designing a new, um, new space and we're like, Hey, we want space to be amazing. So how do we create it? Mm -hmm. And so we all did a 15 star experience. We got it from Brian Chesky at Airbnb and you write through like 
three hour experience, you know, person comes in and they get their blood taken based on their blood. There's like a personal shaman who like guides them through and the cold plunge is actually all like a virtual glacier of ice and everyone dives in together and the sauna is a massive coliseum and you write down like the, the fanciful and it opens your mind to new ideas. Mm. And then once you get that, you set the tone, you find inspiration. So we'd look at, you know, visuals from modern art, industrial design, nature. Then we all went outside at night and we did a massive um, identity reduction. So all in costume. So you're kind of like forgetting who you are. And then we did a drum circle with a two hour guided drumming and breath work and some psychedelic medicines and mushrooms. And it like blew the whole team's mind. So 10 of us are there like, this is how much we care about the product and creativity that we're going out into the woods for a weekend to like do this together. And it was amazing. So stuff like that too can be really inspiring. If like the whole team gets together and like mm. calls in like how important this is. Yeah, yeah. So that was like a really amazing moment. So, and yeah. So it sounds like you've got uh, this team that is super passionate about that. How did you, is that by virtue of the fact like it was this almost, I don't, I don't want to reduce it to this, but it was a build it and they will come type thing where you built this thing in your backyard, 300, then 2000 people show up. I imagine some of them became your first employees. Yeah. So myself, my wife, it's a, it's five best friends as co-founders and all five of us like have our story with this stuff. So myself, my wife have been doing it for like five years. It like helped with my sobriety. It's like who I am as a person, my two co-founders who actually design all the programming and lead all the content on the app, musicians, burners, they lived in Europe and trained to be sauna professionals and have brought it back. North America. So it's like their lifeblood. They met in the sauna. And then my, my fifth partner was a hospitality uh, nightclub owner, restaurant, restaurateur. And then he also had struggles with alcohol and so has now become sober as well. So it was like the five of us were so passionate. Like, this is all we want to do. You know, mm. we went to 70 bathhouses in advance to like noting the saunas, taking pictures of everything because we care so much. And I think when you care that much, people see it and they want to be part of it. And mm. so the first, I think we're at 10, like full, full, full time now, they've all come to us and it's been people like who, you know, our new guy we hired, he had a breakup last year, really gnarly, got into cold, was doing cold on his own, built his own sauna, was taking the sauna down to the lake and like guiding people through. And he just reached out saying like, Hey, what you're doing is amazing. And we're so like, he yeah, finds you, you because he's, yeah, yeah. And you, you become like a beacon for that type of a person to is, track down. Exactly. And then you just go and say like how passionate you are about this yeah, stuff yeah. all the time. And so that's, you know, telling that story and just gets sharing that it authentically like, gets those yeah. people. And then those people are like, they're hyped, you know, and that's kind of what we want to see is almost that like, you know, fervor. So this employee moved from the country right beside our space and he's yeah. in there like six days a week cause he just loves it and it's mm -hmm. changed his life. And so I'm looking for where are the hundred other people that like cold and breath mm -hmm. have changed their life. Like if you're listening, like reach out and if that yeah. hypes you up, then everybody's in it together. So I think that makes a huge difference. You um, have mentioned a couple of the, you know, the breath, the cold, how do you think about for whom and what the benefit of these different modalities and medicines is? Because I, I I've tried to break down what I see as the difference between MDMA, psilocybin, ayahuasca, 5-MeO-DMT. You've got a wider range of experiences. So can you, I don't know, starting at like the introduction you sort of mentioned could be cold and hot. Can you walk us to why people might want to do different 
things for different impacts in their life or different exploration experiences? Yeah, I think the most accessible is the hot and cold. Mm -hmm. It's legal. It's fun. The space is amazing. You can come in for a social experience, as we said, and then these like subtle benefits come after. Mm -hmm. So when people come the first time, we really just want to explain the why, like the science. So a big difference between us and other wellness, like on the woo scale, we're very low. We're like very mm -hmm. much here's the science of the hot and cold, what's happening in the body. Yeah. And here are the emotions you want to regulate. And everyone understands emotions. They're universal. So it's very accessible, whether you're an engineer, you know, a banker, what, whatever you do, it's, it's accessible. And do you give different, would you give different people different protocols in terms of how much time in the sauna, how much time in the ice bath? Like, do you have so we, one size fits all? Yeah, or? so there's sort of like an intro class that we recommend, which is called a free flow. And you just come in and use the space, but there'll be two guides and you'll have the guide. And by the way, you I think you said this off air, but your sauna is like massive. It's like a 30 person yoga yeah, it's, class it's sauna. 50 person. It's, 50 I think person. it's the biggest in Toronto for sure. And then the new one we're building is 90. Mm -hmm. And so it's like a stadium. Like yeah. It's massive. Like the stove would be the size of this entire thing. And there's, you know, two guides in there and they're putting essential oils on the stove and spinning towels. Mm -hmm. And there's like a massive sound system like you're in a fitness class like it's a full-on yeah experience like sometimes they'll turn the lights off and be completely dark and everybody will be screaming yeah, very cool. but I'm, th I'm thinking more for the guy who gets or the whoever the person who gets, gets their inspired own by this yeah, yeah. and mm -hmm. buys the 200 dollars so thing 190 like, right yeah so yep. what's yeah i ha now i've got my sauna and i've got my ice bath and i want to do this in my community how long do I tell people to get in the sauna for? How long do I get in the ice bath for? Do yeah. I do what, do I bounce back and forth six times? Am I just doing one long sauna and then one long ice bath? Like, absolutely. So I'll give some stats. And again, what's important is that it just becomes a habit. Mm -hmm. And so you'll see people like, oh, I'm going to do a five minute cold shower. I'm going to do it. And then they never do it again. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so in that case, better to just start off with 30 seconds. So mm -hmm. first thing you can do if you're at home, you never tried any of this to start with just cold showers. So how do you do that? You get in, wash, <laughs> shampoo, warm, totally normal. When you're ready to finish, crank it to cold, like full on, and you'll create a fight or flight response. Your body's yeah. going to like, and you, through three breaths is all it takes, as slow as you can on the exhale. And so we can do one now, if you just want to like, everyone's listening, just take like a breath, inhale through the nose, just scrunch your shoulders up, feel the tension, and a nice long, slow exhale to the side. And so if we do three of those, in the shower, that's enough time. And so what you'll start to feel is like that fear around the cold, it fades. Mm. And so the goal is to do that for seven days. After seven days, you'll start to be like, wow, I crave this, I'm alive. Like I don't need my morning coffee, I'm ready to go. And so that's kind of how we'd get somebody started. And then we'd also explain the why, like why am I doing this thing? And so you're, as I said, tripling neuroepinephrine in the brain. It's a neurotransmitter responsible for mood, attention, vigilance it's your body saying like this could be dangerous so be aware mm. so that inner critic we mentioned those thoughts they all fade away as you get completely present you're in a meditative state physiologically and so you don't have to spend all the time you know focused on awareness you can just like boom get into it and that for a lot of people it's the first time they've been in that state of just not thinking and so we explain the neuroepinephrine boost makes you feel like you're alive boosts your mood we explain the reduction in inflammation there's two things that people that live to 100 have in common one is low inflammation scores and the other is strong immune system. The cold helps with both. It's why you see athletes after CrossFit using colds get reduced inflammation system-wide, like massively. And inflammation is the cause of 70% of age-related diseases. Mm. And then for immune system, they've done studies on winter swimmers and have seen doubling of white blood cells 
which are like the strength of the immune system. Mm. So we kind of explain that. And then there's a ton of other benefits. Like it improves your metabolism, uh, your body's ability to burn stored fat. So it's great for like body composition uh, and it's your antioxidants. So there's just like all this science mm-hmm. around the benefits of cold. It's yep. the same as benefits of fasting. You're putting your body through healthy stress and that healthy stress makes you stronger. So mm. it's like, okay, I get it. Like Andrew Huberman's talking about this, Rhonda Patrick, mm-hmm. the best performance coaches in the world. Okay, it's, it's good for me. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing to understand. The next thing would be the seven day. Well, can I, can I happen? Yeah. So you start with the cold shower. Where do you get to? Because I assume at some point, an, like two hours in the cold, hypothermia, you're losing your feet, you have frostbite. Like yeah. it's not it's not something you just want to power through with willpower forever, I assume. No. So, so what it, is, yeah, and let's say I get like a real legit cold plunge yep. going. Yep. I, I start s- with a cold shower and then I end with what? What's my like- plunge in my house. What's the temperature? What's my like yeah. goal to work up to? Yeah, so the goal like for us, we start you with two minutes and two minutes is fine. Honestly, okay. I spend, I'm like six years in of- daily cold and two minutes is fine for me. It, it's not, it's also not an ego thing. Like people will start coming and be like, I did four, I'm going to do six. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. did eight, I'm going to do 10. Oh, I'm it's just like, thinking if you're, if yeah. you're excited about the health benefits, you're like, oh, I want to, I want to live to a hundred. I want you the. You're legit going to get the health. You're going to get the neuroepinephrine boost within 30 seconds. Okay. Like even in a cold shower, you're going to get it. The amount can switch based on a number of things. So one is water. The density is, is much greater than air. So cold is more powerful than like a cryo tank. Two is how cold the water is. So I like it 32 to like 37, let's say, is the range where I'm, I like to be in. Warmer than that, it's a bit of a different experience. And then the depth. So if your vagus nerve connects your brain to your organs in your neck. Yep. So if your vagus nerve is in, it's going to be even significantly more. Mm-hmm. And then the fourth thing you can do is like dunk your head. Mm-hmm. So before I'm like <laughs> five minutes plunge, like my standard plunge now after doing this forever is one head dunk, stay in for about uh, two minutes end on a head dunk. That's it. Got it. Takes me about 30 seconds, 30 seconds to a minute to get to like the bliss point. That's the point when norepinephrine boost has happened and your body doesn't feel cold anymore. You're kind of mm-hmm. like, and it won't happen the first time because you're just like, this is insane. What's happening? Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once you learn to relax, you kind of get to that point and you're just in full state of flow. So I say 30 seconds to one minute to get to that bliss point, that state of flow. And then another minute where you can do real work. So you're in the state of flow. Like what emotion do you want to focus on you know mm-hmm. so i'll remember a moment holding my wife's hand i'll remember my proposal to her i'll remember her smiling i often think of like love for her and i'll spend that one minute emotionally regulating and that can be anything it can mm-hmm. be feeling bravery compassion forgiveness any feeling that you you want and then that's like a fantastic stack so two minute ice bath first 30 seconds catching your breath about a minute and a half to a minute of you know some type of meditation or emotional regulation mm-hmm. and then get out and that's great and if you did that what's recommended by huberman i think is eight minutes a week Mm. so kind of let's say four ice baths a week to maximize the benefits and then in the sauna it's like 60 to 80 minutes a week so let's say like four 15 minute saunas at about 180 to 190 temp okay interesting so you do sauna 15 minute timer at 190 and then you're good i'll do a sauna at 190 ice bath and then another sauna I like to end with a sauna. It depends. 15 minutes each time in the sauna? Oh, 15. And, 15 and you'll to bounce 20. back. So that, that's a question that I'd had is, yep. the, it, like, are you killing the heat shock protein benefit of the sauna by jumping right into a cold plunge? So it's better definitely to wait. Like the longer you wait, the better. Like your body's overheated. That's where the benefits are coming. Yeah, yeah. But so, you know, after years, it's for me what works. If you're really gnarly, you can start with the cold, you know, just yeah, like yeah. boom. One, you can also just use the cold on its own every day. It's, you never habituate. It's not dangerous. 
The sauna, you need to be a little more careful with it, that heat because you get dehydrated. So we mm-hmm. have like Element, mm-hmm. amazing, uh, you know, salt product for hydration. Mm-hmm. It's a James Murphy, like D2C product. So it's an amazing product. Yeah, Rob I think Wolf. I know someone who either started or works there. Yeah. And so it's a great product. So if you're using sauna like, you know, three, five times a week, you want to just be careful about hydration, checking the color of your pee because mm-hmm. it's, mm-hmm. it's stress on the body. Yeah. But so I'll generally would do if I'm feeling like really pumped you know it would be ice bath sauna ice bath sauna and in about like an hour uh, time period mm-hmm. and then if it's at night i'll usually end on the sauna if it was in the morning it's nice to end on the ice because you you feel energized and recharged but like a really good stack is just not worry too much about it go in yeah, the sauna yeah. about 15 minutes feel it That's wait it. a couple minutes ice bath wait a couple minutes sauna good to go the timing in it is an interesting thing because i've followed some variety of experts over the years you know or quote-unquote experts and you'll see people say no you should sauna first thing in the morning you should ice bath first thing in the morning then you see the same thing oh you should ice bath right before bed it's like well are both of these true is one of you dead wrong like this feels like an area that science hasn't spent a lot of time looking into because you can't patent ice water and so it's just interesting because I, I don't know if you have an opinion on it, but I've seen people say this is best at night. This is best in the morning. Like, is Are they both true? Yeah, Does it matter? Honestly, like if you're, it's like if you're exercising, you know? If you're exercising, it's good. So okay. like don't get too in the details of like when. It's just like, look, get your eight minutes of cold a week. Get your yeah, yeah. 60 to 80 minutes of sauna. Well, that's why I wanted to ask because I know a lot. I know some people in the audience are definitely the I'm going to push to like whatever. If it's if you tell me it's 30 minutes, it's 30 minutes. And even if you tell me if it's two minutes, I'm going to try 30 minutes in the ice bath. So I think yeah. it's good to just get in people's consciousness. Like that's unnecessary, potentially even harmful, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So I think, yeah, it's good. It's good to know where the, the MVP is. And so Pat, so I, I think I understand ice bath, sauna. What about breath work, ketamine, et cetera? Not just what is the protocol, but what do you see as the benefits of those? And why would someone want those uh, in addition to whatever they're doing or instead of something else? Yeah, so breath is really interesting, right? Like we take 25,000 breaths a day. There's this amazing book on the whole topic by James Nestor. If you haven't read it, it's just called Breath. It's like, will blow your mind. But basically 90% of people are breathing poorly. Mm-hmm. And so a few things. One is sedentary lifestyle. Two is looking at the phone all the time. Three is acid forming foods. So processed foods, they actually cause us to overbreathe. They change the pH balance in the body. Mm-hmm especially if you're eating them at night, causes what's called mouth breathing. Mm. When we're doing this, when we're over breathing, our body is not actually absorbing oxygen to its full potential. So if you're feeling fatigue, trouble concentrating, oftentimes, which is unknown by the general population, but breath is just as important as diet, exercise, sleep. It's Mm. the fourth pillar of health. And so there's this test you can do called the Bolt score. You breathe in the morning, you breathe out and you hold on empty and you see how long you can go until your diaphragm contracts. And if that's under 20, so you can just Google like bolt score test. We have one in our app also. But if it's under 20 seconds, it's a really good indication your body is not absorbing oxygen efficiently, like in your organs, your mm-hmm. tissue, your brain. And so starting baseline that like, hey, your breath controls your entire nervous system, mm-hmm. circulation, hormonal response, uh, immune system, your emotional state. And so you start to teach people that and they're like, whoa, okay, this is a tool I can use that's free, that's here all the time that's impacting my entire life. So that's sort of the reason of like why a good breath uh, routine or like habit is important. Mm -hmm. But then like, what can you do with the breath? And it goes back to that triangle of, hey, you know, in the morning, as part of my morning routine, I want extra energy. Or it's before a podcast, I want to get hyped up. That's what we should have fucking actually done. (laughs) Done like a six minute one off the app and then we talked about it. But um, yeah, you you know, you're kind of feeling nervous and you want to like 
feel in the zone. So you can use breath for that. The other, which I really like is after work, it's, I work like 14 hours a day, you know, and then I'm just looking at the computer. I go to hang out with my wife and I'm just thinking about all the tasks and stuff. I'm not even a human being. And so I use that style of breathing to get into the parasympathetic mm. to kind of just be, be there. So like it sounds like you use life. the breath work a lot for state change. Yeah, like exactly. State change and state choice. Exactly that. And so each day, you know, you'll have times when you want to ramp up, you'll have times when you want to ramp down. And mm. then once a week, you might want to process emotions. And so once you've come and done the hot cold, we're actually teaching you about breath in those. So we're doing breath work in the sauna, in the cold, we're teaching you those long, slow breaths mm. I mentioned. And that's teaching you when I'm angry, I have that fight or flight, I can really move. Mm. And it's just such a nice tool. And we, we pair it with really good music. So it's not like, you know, this meditation thing that's hard. We're trying to make it part of your life that's fun. Mm -hmm. So it comes like hot, cold. Then I learn about the breath. I download the app. I use the breath. Then we try to do these um, breathwork concerts where we'll have 100 people come. And it's kind of the future of social where alcohol is not involved. And it's really tough. You know, I imagine your listeners in their 20s, 30s go out at night feel anxious most people feel anxiety when they're out in a social situation i want to go talk to that girl i need alcohol i need courage i want to go like my friends i want to be the cool guy like you know there's there's anxiety around that so it's hard to go out and just have nothing mm -hmm. and so we came up with this idea to use breath work as like the social lubricant so we'll have these events where people will come they'll break into groups they'll do a little group share we'll talk to them about intention they'll set one they'll do some journaling and then they'll do these like two hour breath work sessions with live music wow. so it feels like you're at a concert you have eye mask on uh, essential oils going it's like a beautiful kind two of two hours yeah it's kind of like it's got some movement it's crazy it's like a Cirque du Soleil style experience and then at the end you share with everybody and then it turns into a party and so people leave they don't drink they feel great they actually connect because they're sharing hmm. um, so that would be like the next kind of piece in the funnel so if you like you know ice bath sauna breath work breath working group and then what we found naturally is people start being like yo heard all these people in the space talking about psychedelics like, <laughs> the deal or like i heard this guy went on a meditation retreat and and we then let the community inspire each other so maybe you'll learn about doing a fast maybe you'll learn about doing some type of like stress challenge and so it's really just getting the intro and then letting the community take it from there mm. got it and do you personally have a once you get into the psychedelic uh part of it um not regimen but like use particular use case for ketamine versus psilocybin versus mdma or something like that yeah for me if I've, I've slowed on the psychedelic medicines quite a bit and so i was doing them a lot when i started and now i'll do a deep dive like once twice a year and so a deep dive for me would be like five grams psilocybin facilitator intention therapy session before one-on-one -on -one, blindfolds yeah. you know he'll do all, he's incredible he'll do all kinds of like sound and, and different stuff and just really hold the space and then Every once in a while, like, you know, if it's been probably two and a half years now, I'm going in August to call in fatherhood. And so I've booked a private ayahuasca retreat in Costa Rica with 10 friends and a therapist mm -hmm. who's actually coming. We're wow. going to do like five hours of therapy each day around the ayahuasca. And so those deep dives are like once a year, once every six or months. Or huge kinda, life milestone things. Yeah, and you can feel when you need them also. Like mm -hmm. when you start to feel like, hey, I'm really drinking a lot of coffee, maybe I'm smoking a vape, maybe I'm like, you know, not eating lunch and my workouts have dropped and I'm just thinking about work. It's like, okay, you need some kind of pattern interrupt and mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be psychedelics. It could be a weekend in nature, but just like some time off your phone. So my stack is like once a year, one of those 
complete timeouts, you know, whether it's a meditation retreat, dark retreat, nature retreat, whatever, there's like one week per year. I also do one weekend per quarter where I try to go like, like we just did this one with our, our group and it was no phones, uh, one day per week. I'm not like doing very good at that now, but that's <laughs> pretty good. If you have like one day, no phone, no work, and then yeah. a few hours each night. So that's like a really good one to, to think about. Then in terms of MDMA, um, got this one from a friend that we, we both know, but so kind of once a year, a nice thing to do is write up little frustrations you have, keep them in a journal and then do the MDMA with your partner and just chat through with her about like these actual things like you mentioned doing the work, you know? So it's like, Mm -hmm. not like, Hey, we're taking MDMA and going to a dance party, which is fine. Um, but it's more like work around it. And so that one is kind of like, do we need this in our relationship? And then in terms of, recreation i'll also use psychedelics for recreation so i'll sometimes pair ketamine with breath work personally really helps me to go deep but it's not scary in the same way like if i'm going to a psilocybin experience i'm I'm like not feeling (laughs) good about it you know i know that i'm going to go into these traumas i have really type a personality my mind is so tightly wound so it's like hard for me to let go so i get like this ayahuasca retreat i'm just already i would be like nervous. nervous too yeah like i didn't want to go and then my wife was like no you have to go like the baby's coming it changes your personality like it makes you more present and loving like she put her foot down and i was like oh it's not really aligning she's like no it's <laughs> it's lining um yeah and then and then sometimes like i'll do psilocybin microdoses if we were going to maybe go to a dance party or something like that like we did some on the weekend with mm-hmm. the, the drum circle i mentioned so i think it's personal thing and just thinking of whether it's recreation or deep work and what the deep work is got it awesome is there anything else that you wanted to add do you guys want to turn the song on (laughs) yeah let's do it (laughs) awesome well before we before we sign off is there anything that you feel like that we didn't get to touch oh i did have a question actually you this will go live on (laughs) friday Mm -hmm. you have events in la are any of them not sold out yeah, there's, uh, you, you just have to message me personally. Uh, okay. You can put my email or like DM me on Twitter. And if people want to come, uh, we, have, we have space for sure. What's your Twitter? Uh, Robbie Bent one Robbie Bent one if you guys want to go. And what is it? What is the event? The events are these breathwork uh, concerts I had mentioned. Cool. But do you want to just give a little one minute pitch? You were talking to me about going, you're going out into the desert. You're going to, there's Diplo music. Oh, that one's full. That one's full. That one's full. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. That one's over the weekend. It's uh, that sounded sick. Yeah. It's a, uh, this crew called secular Sabbath out of LA. And it's a bunch of musicians that, um, have sort of transitioned from festivals to music as a meditation experience. And so they do these 24 hour listening parties where 15 different DJs will come and mix ambient music live with live instrumentation. And then around that there's, you know, breath work, ice baths, tea ceremonies, and it's sort of a new way for people to connect yeah. without alcohol. And who are the musicians? Musicians are Rye, uh, I think Flume, Diplo are oh, wow. part of the crew. I don't know if they'll be there this weekend, Rye for sure. And then, uh, you know, there's a whole bunch of other ambient artists. Nice. Wow, that's but yeah, great. the group is Secular Sabbath for people that want to check it out. They have a membership platform and uh, it's, it's pretty cool. cool. LA only, but if people are in LA or they want to travel to LA, Robbie will be here for another week after this goes live. So, And Othership is on it's on the App Store, correct? App Store, Google Play, um, whole deal. If you're in Toronto, message me. I'll, anyone uh, who's listening, message me. I'll gift with a free pass. And then we're coming to New York and LA, hopefully in the next year. Nice. Every person I know that's gone to the in-person stuff has loved it like not just had a mildly good experience but raved about it so we'll have to get you guys up that could be the next episode toronto I don't if you know. can get charlie if you can get charlie to toronto that would be truly <laughs> would incredible be genuinely incredible that would be uh, on par with god when do i leave my house 
like twice a year. <laughs> so that would Not be for Thanksgiving or Christmas or Easter. <laughs> awesome, Robbie. Thank you for coming on. Hope oh, that thanks, you guys, guys have really all enjoyed this. It. Yeah, man. And uh, we'll, we'll come kick it off air now. Yeah, for sure. And we'll put your contact info in the description and stuff. So if people want to reach out about anything, cool. uh, that's where it'll be. Awesome. Beautiful. Thanks, all right, thanks, Robbie. people. Bye-bye. mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.